Piss off, ghost. <laughs> That's a good one. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest super entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this is the Superhero Slate Review for Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, finally. The third in the series, and supposedly this would be the last one, I guess, if you can compare it to all the other Iron Man and Captain America out there, right? At, at least, at least at, that we know of. Yes. Yeah. Um, they've not announced any movies beyond Infinity, or it's Avengers 4. So mm-hmm. um, we know we know a Guardians three is coming, a Spider Man's coming, but nothing, I guess, solid. But uh, yeah, so it's out. It's a third Marvel movie this year as well. Um, and I, fun fact, I just found this out before the show started. Thor Ragnarok has pushed Marvel Studios into a, the first franchise to cross five billion dollars. At the North American um, North American box office, <laughs> man, yeah, and we we are recording this at the end of opening weekend, and we can see domestically that we got 120 million. That's you know that's nothing to I guess they say shake a stick at if you will. Yeah, uh, but uh, foreign box office is already coming in. This this movie is already almost at half a billion dollars, uh, wow. just over uh, 425 million dollars. So uh, yeah, this uh, no one's worried about Disney uh, going bankrupt. That's for sure yeah no no not at all and uh, <laughs> uh and and ever i think everyone uh judging by the numbers is happily going to see thor for the third time so mm-hmm. so that's good um man uh i we have not talked about this movie <laughs> uh, yeah we've uh, been we've been quoting <laughs> uh korg the entire time before this movie started or this podcast started but I, we have not talked about this movie at all yeah, so. just just like most things when it comes to superhero um, related movies and TV shows, we're usually kind of like off the radar and we kind of bury the lead until we get on the microphone. So uh, we're gonna give you guys our initial thoughts, and then once that's out there, we're gonna jump into spoilers. Yeah, so I guess just, I'm gonna jump in with initial thoughts because I want to go into my movie viewing experience over in spoilers. Okay, uh, but um, to me, Thor Ragnarok is a great movie. <laughs> and it's not the drastic change of Thor that we like that we were kind of promised along the way, but I definitely see how this affects the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe for the next, I guess, two years. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's fun watching everyone on screen have fun and laugh. Like it, when people say it's hilarious, this is a very funny movie, and it doesn't slow down on that a lot of times. Uh, but there's some great action scenes. It's funny to me. I, I had a great time. I love the new characters they added to the movie. Um, you know, such as like we mentioned Korg and some other ones we'll talk about in spoilers. But overall, uh, this is my favorite of the Thor movies um, by yeah. a long shot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, that's really easy to say is this is the best of the Thor movies. And it's actually really great how well it's performing considering the past Thor movies have been, been very lukewarm and they're usually kind of bashed on as kind of some of the bottom-rung Marvel movies. But uh, I heard something recently online that said, uh, you know, Marvel movies are basically like an episode in this giant se- in this giant series just called Marvel. So it's like every time a new movie comes out, you're just like watching a new episode in the cinema universe and that's kind of what this feels like you know all not every episode of a tv show is even some are better than others some are more dramatic some lean kind of funny so i I feel almost like now when you're reviewing a marvel cinematic universe movie you can't just review it kind of on its own and i think i'll bring this up a little bit more later but yeah this movie is very very funny i think it's the i think it's the funniest marvel movie ever made which i think has pros and cons to it that, that, uh, that's saying a lot in a year where guardians 2 and spider-man both came out so yeah yeah i know like it's been it's been a very funny year for marvel movies uh, but at the same time, that kind of really makes me hungry for a dramatic Marvel movie. I mean, my still, I think still my favorite Marvel movie is The Winter Soldier. And I think 
it just has the perfect level of like intrigue, uh, drama, and then what I consider to be like the Marvel humor is it is when it's peppered in just at the right time. You know, you're having drama and laughs almost evenly. Like Thor Ragnarok is just is just almost hysterical the whole way through. I will, and uh, almost to a fault. You know, I'll bring up those moments in the spoiler cast, but. It's, it's it's not a perfect movie, but it's a damn good movie. So I think that would be my initial thoughts on Thor. Yeah, exactly. It's not the best Marvel movie, but it is the best Thor movie. And of the three movie, the three this is the third of the big three, Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, to get its trilogy ended, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think people will like it better than Iron Man 3. And mm-hmm. I, I think... I don't, I don't know how to compare it to Civil War. <laughs> at the end of the day. Like those are two whole different beasts, um, and that and to me that's a good thing. Like the genre mix up. Like you mentioned, you you want um, a dramatic Marvel movie, and I'm looking forward to that in Black Panther. I don't think mm-hmm. that one's going to be as yeah, funny I, as, as this yeah. one by a long shot. So um, I I do I do think that this story for Thor, this adventure where they just kind of let Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi and um, uh, I want to say Bruce Banner, but that's not, that's not the actor's name. Um, oh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. It's who's essentially Bruce Banner, and like I, I, yeah, all these actors thought, embody the roles so well. So I thought you were trying to go for this like a clever dichotomy of just like, oh, well, was it Hulk in the movie or was it Bruce Banner? Who really had top billing in this? Movie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, there's there's so many good things to talk about, and I, I think you know if you don't see this in theaters, you're doing yourself an injustice uh, at the end of the day. So I think um, my my review is it's it's a great movie. It's not the best Marvel movie, but it is the best Thor movie, and you should definitely watch it in theaters as soon as you can. Yeah, I mean, before we jump into spoilers here, if you had to rank it among the other MCU movies this year, uh, where does it go? Did you like Guardians more? Did you like Spider Man Homecoming more? You know, what are you feeling? Um, I really like Guardians too. Um, mm-hmm. to, I mean, I know there's, there's so many Marvel movies out there now, like I think 17, 18, everyone's got their own opinion of where are these all rank. Um, mm-hmm. and to me, Guardians 2 sits above Guardians 1 simply because I think it was a tighter script and had better music. This one, um, is probably a little bit below that. And then mm-hmm. Spider-Man on um, the third rung because Spider-Man I felt was a safe addition to the MCU because Spider-Man has just been overplayed so much from Sony that I feel like Spider-Man was a very safe entry and didn't really change the world as we knew mm-hmm. it. So Thor Ragnarok, as we'll talk about in spoilers, has some long-lasting effects for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think that that really is important to me uh, on the whole. Where would you put it? Um, it's hard to say just because I feel like, to be fair, you would almost have to go back and rewatch all of the movies because Guardians, I feel like, was almost like ages ago because mm-hmm. it was towards the beginning of the year, I feel like. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I feel like the, the humor in guardians makes a little bit more sense in the long run than it does in Thor. Um, I'm glad Thor kind of made a stop at like the, at the, at that station on, uh, on its uh, journey, but I don't think it needs to stay there, but I think guardians is safe to stay there. But I just, I think Spider-Man homecoming just really worked for me. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I think See, right now, it's I think right now Spider-Man's at the top, but I'm going to rewatch them all at some point in time and then we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, again, like I said, there like there are so many Marvel movies out there. Everyone can have their own favorite one, and nobody has to agree anymore. Like, phase one, like, everyone's like, okay, these are easy to rank. Mm-hmm. Now they've gone into different genres and different directors and different, you know, um, tones, and you're like, I don't, like, what I enjoy might not be what Mike enjoys or resonates at that point in time in his life. Like, this is just, this is great. Like, we are in a great era of, of Marvel yeah. movies in the Marvel and this, Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and this is very much a Taika Waititi movie. Like, it doesn't feel like Marvel was pulling any punches when mm-hmm. it came to, like, Taika making the movie he wanted to make. It almost kind of makes me wonder, like, I feel like if, um, not the Russo brothers, the two guys that were going to do the Han Solo movie. Uh, what's oh, their name Lord and Miller. Lord and Miller, yeah. I feel like maybe if Lord and Miller uh, had their chance at a Han Solo movie, you know, I'm not saying it would have 
turned out wacky and goofy like this movie would would have been but i feel like it would have very much felt like their film whereas like you know star wars i don't think they want that kind of unique perspective uh seeping into their uh big ass franchise but maybe now since these marvel movies have been going on for so long maybe they're just like well we don't really have a choice we got to keep these movies fresh we're on like we're the 18th movies coming out here soon we can't just stick to kind of like mm-hmm. a formula like like star wars might be sticking to a formula well, but it's one of those situations where to look at the the first Hulk movie was a bold addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in and of itself. We'd had Iron Man, Hulk, and Iron Man 2, and then they gave us Thor, this space god with the power of lightning and, you know, near and vulnerable. And it worked. Like, you know, in the, in the realm of Phase 1, Thor really works really well. And I know a lot of people who still really like the first Thor uh, and, and, like, the story it tells. But then we get into the first couple movies of Phase 2, Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. And this is where Marvel President Ike Perlmutter was still in charge of Marvel Studios. Mm -hmm. And was pulling budgets and making things happen that obviously didn't work out for everybody. Because I know there are people who like Thor The Dark World. That's their favorite Marvel movie. But on the whole, it doesn't hold up very well over time. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know... Even this, uh, they they do reference it in in Ragnarok, like right off the bat, because this picks up from that with the same characters. So I mean, I think there's been a lot of changes, and you know, if you point the finger at Star Wars, Star Wars will have to adapt this approach later on. And I think a lot of studios may have to adapt this approach, where the director makes the movie they want to make with the characters they have. Yeah, so. it's very much untouched territory. I mean, I there's no other franchise out there that has 18 movies, right? That's a continuous story. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe James Bond. I don't even know what number James Bond is on, but that is not one continuous story. So they're they're in this uh, fresh territory. They're in mm-hmm. the they're in uh they're in the deep end. That's for sure. That's right. So five billion dollars in North America later. Let's get into the spoilers, <laughs> this, Mike. Let's get into the nitty gritty. If you've not seen this, don't listen beyond this. Go watch it, then come back. Click pause. We'll wait for you. Okay, you're back. Thankfully, uh, we're gonna listen. We're gonna talk spoilers now. So, um, yeah, let's do it. Oh my God, Korg! That dude <laughs> was amazing. Voiced by the director Taika Waititi. If you didn't know, that was just that was just something special. Like I think whether or not you may like the comedy in the movie, maybe thought it was too much, or maybe loved it. I mean, Korg is just this gem that's like in the, yeah he's just in this uh, like i like i was telling you before we started recording the show like as soon as like footage of this movie becomes available whether it's pirated or maybe coming out digitally someone's going to make a super cut of all of korg's lines and we were looking on imdb earlier to see if any of if any of his quotes has made it up yet and man that dude is hilarious oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean korg i'm voiced and and i think motion captured by uh ytd himself um, he, he shows up at, as a, I guess a another fellow warrior in there, um, and he's got like I don't. It's very Australian New Zealand humor, like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, like uh, Flight of the Concords, what we do in the shadows. A lot of that bleeds through the Korg character, mm-hmm. because I mean it's just like he's not dumb, but he's just like kind of calling it out as 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 he hears it. Um, yeah, and. And it's like the best way to look at how Taika kind of infected his movie. You know, he's he's there on set, and not only is he on set, he's in some of the scenes, um, like through motion capture. And it's just like everyone's just having a good time, palling around, having fun, just like making jokes. And like, of course, like he made sure that he got like the funniest lines in the movie. Mm-hmm. Except, except Thor. Like, I think one of the biggest audience laughter uh, moments in this movie, which is, I think, why you do need to, like you said, you need to go see it in a theater just because uh, the crowd was when Thor was telling the story about how when Loki turned into a snake when they were kids, and he was like, oh, he knows how much I like snakes, so I pick up that snake and he transformed back and said, boo, and then he stabbed me. Like, that was just so hilarious. And it's just like, oh my god, I want to see that scene play out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, like kind of like that Chris Hemsworth has evolved. I mean, he was in... Um, I believe the vacation reboot, which was a comedy and ghostbusters. And he's really kind of got to flex those comedy shots, his timing and like his deliveries. It's kind of on point um, mm-hmm. with everything he, he delivers here. I mean, he starts the movie off telling the story of Thor and Thor, the dark world to a skeleton kind of <laughs> like in, in yeah. a cage. 
Um, he had some really good. I liked his his fight scenes with Surtur at the beginning, like the against the fire demons and stuff. Oh like that. yeah, were were you expecting to see Surtur so candidly and so quickly? <laughs> I, I knew from the trailers Thor had long hair, um, uh-huh. and that was about it. I couldn't piece this movie together from the trailers. Looking back, I'm like, no, I would never have guessed where a lot of this went. Well, yeah, and you actually couldn't because I was talking about this with my wife in the car. The, the trailers have straight up been manipulated to not look like the movie. And I don't know if this is intentional or maybe at some point in time the, the movie gets changed. But the scene where Hela smashes Thor's hammer in every trailer, mm-hmm. she is in an alley um, that looks like it's probably New York. So that's where I was expecting to see Hela show up to destroy his hammer. But in the movie, it happened in that open pasture, in that open field in like, um, where are they, like Ireland or some uh, sort nor- of... Uh, nor- uh, Norway. Norway, yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> but so that was totally changed. So I'm really curious, was that intentional when the trailer was cut to throw people off? Because it's hard for me to imagine. Well, maybe two scenes could have been filmed. I don't know. But, so, so it but was just kind of like. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on this, actually. Yeah, fill because, me in, Because fill me there in. was a TV spot that got ruined when I was watching um, some show that showed Hella in the field, pretty oh. much. Oh, so like the the within the last month they had a more of the updated stuff, but um they said you know we had it in the the city, but he's like the city really wasn't that cool, um so but they've also added like a whole half hour to this movie from the original cut, so they've gone back know. like the first version of this wasn't working, so they had to retool some stuff to make it this final version that we saw, and that was one of the also I don't know if you saw this uh, in the trailers we had Th- Loki fighting with a bunch of the um the gladiators. And that was like in a valley of rocks, and not on the the Bifrost Bridge. Oh, okay. I, I don't know yeah. if you remember that. Um, that's I mean that's that's a couple things. We never got the Revengers scene where Thor, Thor's like, "Oh, we're the Revengers with uh, Hulk, Gladiator, not Gladiator, Valkyrie, Loki, and Thor on the bridge." We never saw that one. And then the biggest fucking changes they showed us two glowing eyes, Mike. They held off on letting us know uh, Thor lost his eye as well. Yeah, they did, and maybe like. Very big budgets, you know. I'm sure that they had the top man on that on that job, but like, I mean, I don't know if it was maybe because it was PG-13, but I was just like, it kind of just looks like they have some sort of like motion tracked asset on his face or something like that. So, but you know, whatever. But I did kind of speaking of like the the eye and the glowing and the thunder. I did kind of like this message that they did bring up through the movie that said, you know, you're not the god of hammers, you're the god of thunder, which is a really big point. He's relied on that hammer literally every single movie he's mm-hmm. been in. So it's actually was really impressive to kind of see him being the god of thunder. And it's almost I feel like I feel like I'm seeing the character being like leveled up. And the first thing I thought was this is going to be really handy when he's like fighting Thanos because he's going to need that thunder. So and but, I, <laughs> and but what about when they just pull that out from under him, though? Because what, his power was as came from Asgard itself, like Hela. Now uh, Asgard's dead, so they leveled him up and then took him back down. Well, well, Chris, as we all know, Asgard is a people, not a place. So maybe it's some sort of holistic, like oh, as long as the people are on Earth, he'll have that power while he's on Earth, or maybe it'll be diminished a little bit. I don't know. There's, I, there's I, ways. There's ways that they can figure it out. But we all know he's going to get the hammer back somehow, or maybe a battle axe. You know, he, like we've seen him in the comics before. Well, that and then the the, the Infinity War trailers. He had like a big sword and like a, the the axe Jarnborn. Um, yeah, he's got he's definitely got some stuff um, he can use. So I mean, you know, him losing the eye and kind of becoming the default Odin at the end of the movie mm-hmm. was very interesting to see Thor's. I guess his arc, uh, learning his powers a little bit, fighting his sister Hela turned out to be his sister in this movie, uh, which was a big twist to me. But I kind of want to talk about the action. I think the action kind of goes unnoticed because of the humor. I like, I really like some of the fighting scenes in this movie, Mike. And yeah, you were just you were talking about it uh, there a moment ago at the beginning of the movie when he was fighting Surtur. Like, holy crap, that was like super cool. Like he, you know, he's fighting all these demons. He's in this hell landscape. We're playing a Led Zeppelin music, and it's just like I felt like I was looking at the front of Heavy Metal magazine. Uh, uh-huh. it, with millions of dollars of animation executing that vision. It was just, oh man, it was so cool. I was just like, I was smiling the whole time watching it. Like there was an amazing shot where like the camera is locked on the Thor's hammer that's it, swinging around him. Yeah. That was so cool. And then he pauses it and brings it back around again. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the way they were, the way that you were following that hammer was really great. And 
you know, he he fought the dragon, Surger's dragon, which lost its head at the end of mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I also think, you know, Hela came kind of formidable. Um, just the way she was brutally killing people, like not like decap, like not not just disabling them. She was killing everybody left and right. And yeah, and uh, I don't really, I don't know exactly how her powers are portrayed in the comic books, but I do like how she had these inf- infinite daggers and stakes and stuff. I actually thought that was a really cool power. Oh yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know, but she always has to put her helmet on to use them. I, I noticed in this, <laughs> like she always had to put the helmet on to use her power. So I don't know if yeah. that's something that. Where that she was, generates her powers from, because there is a picture with Odin wearing that exact helmet, kind of on, uh-huh. on the ceiling in the, in the the throne room. Yeah, I mean that the the helmet thing was, I would say, slightly gr- gratuitous. It's one thing that was brought up to me by some other people that saw the movie was just like it was cool the first time she did it because we saw her do it in the trailers, and then I think she did it one other time, and I was like, okay, I think you know, I think we don't need to see the transformation anymore. And then I think it happened like four times in the movie, and it was just like, all right, we get it. Like it, there should there needs to be a quicker way to put that thing on because it's just like the flourish around her hair just kind of stopped being cool after a while. Yeah, she did it quite a bit. Um, but I mean, I like the you know when she took on the Asgardians. It wasn't just like oh, cut to her already beating everybody. Like it did show her take down a lot of the Asgardian warriors, fighting them one on a uh-huh. hundred. Um, and it was kind of sad to see a lot of the main characters kind of get killed off pretty quickly. Yeah, um, very very easily. There's a lot of death that happens in this movie. That's just I feel we don't really have a moment to really sit with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but- it, it this. We haven't even talked about his char- this character yet, but Carl Urban's character, Scourge. Yeah. He goes out at the end of the movie, and it's just like, all right, on with the next joke. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say it was on to the next joke. I mean, there are a lot, a lot of these characters who died. We we don't have a lot of time with them over the three movies anyway. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too like, oh, well, there go the Warriors 3. They were so crucial to, to winning the, all the movies because they weren't really into a whole lot. But, I mean, I think the new characters they brought in were, were interesting. Like, Valkyrie. I really like Valkyrie. Um, her, her drunken shenanigans on Sakaar were very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, they never explained how she got away from Hela, which I, I hope maybe they do one day. But, like, um, the Valkyries were definitely interesting to see as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of fights, what did you think of the big, the, the main event, Hulk versus Thor? Did that, that live was... up to your expectations? Well, I actually wasn't expecting that to be a really big fight, to be honest. You know, when you see a movie like Batman vs. Superman, where the fight is in the title of the movie, you know, you're kind of expecting like a really big bout to happen. But in this movie, I almost thought it was going to be over very quickly or something like that. But yeah, it actually was extended for a little while, and I thought it was uh, pretty cool to see them fight it out because we've never really seen them go like full throttle. So it was really awesome seeing Thor finally pick up that giant hammer. And like just knock knock Hulk around. Yeah. That was really that was really sweet. Yeah, he get, he got his own little hammer there to 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 beat Thor or Hulk around a little bit. And then, um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I kind of wish there'd been more gladiator battles because it was one and done. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think that left it for for some good again to keep on the action. Was the action on the bridge, the Rainbow Bridge? Um, seeing everyone kind of you know Thor get his lightning powers and kind of bring back that Zeppelin song and just go to town on all those um, undead soldiers he was fighting was pretty good. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I my wife was like, oh my gosh, there's a big dog in this movie. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the wolf Fenris, and he was a zombie dog, apparently. Don't get attached to the dog. If it's a monster, things aren't going to end well. <laughs> yeah, so the so Hulk fighting fighting the, the Fenris was pretty cool. And I thought, I mean, he did puncture Hulk's leg. I thought it was going to be something was going to go on there, but I guess they, they, it wasn't anything. We were just reading too, in, too into it, I guess. Yeah, I guess they were just maybe trying to show that the, the wolf is formidable. But I was actually wondering, like, how are they going to show defeating this wolf on screen? Because it, it was, like like you said, like kind of like a zombie dog, but it didn't will look like a like a mutant. It literally just looked like an enlarged wolf. So it's just like, well, they're not going to show Hulk smashing that dog's face in, in front of, like, a bunch of people in a movie theater. So it, it made sense that once it was kind of thrown off that cliff, I was like, okay, that's probably the end of the wolf. <laughs> yeah, this is where a lot of the flat earthers get their theories from mike is from asgard <laughs> um a couple i, I guess uh, cameos i wanted to point out at the beginning we saw a, a play 
of the dark world. <laughs> oh my god! And they had three <laughs> three actors I know very well playing these roles. Uh, as Loki, it was Matt Damon. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was so funny. And then to see Sam Neill step out as Odin, he could have played Odin in the movie, and I totally would have been fine with that as well. Like, yeah, he came mm-hmm. in, and then um, Luke uh, Chris Hemsworth's brother Luke Hemsworth from Westworld was Thor. Yes, the lesser Hemsworth got yeah, to play the, <laughs> the lesser Thor. The, the lesser known Hemsworth. So I thought that was a really fun scene um, to, to kind of see that play come in, in the fact there. Uh, Stanley mm-hmm. got his cameo as the hairdresser, Barbara Stan. With- yeah, it kind of looked like the, the, the getup that he had on almost made it look like they're trying to throw it back to maybe like an older comic book character because it looked like a very designed costume. I was like, I almost look like I'm looking at like a Mega Man, <laughs> like a Mega Man villain. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see anything that stood out to me in the comic books, but you definitely could be right. Um, I know they filmed a lot. Of, remember we talked, they filmed a lot of these cameos on one day. So yeah, they were like, hey, we got some costumes here. Let's throw one on you real quick. <laughs> P- please, nice old man, don't cut my hair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then um, we'll talk. I mean, do you want to talk about end credits now? I got these, I got these notes here for the end credits. If you want to. I mean, I mean, we might as well. We, we don't keep this structured, man. Whatever's flowing through That's, your head, talk about it. So a lot of people have, have messaged me, actually, and sent me their reviews saying they really enjoyed the movie. So thank you for, mm-hmm. for sending those. Uh, at the first end credits, we see Thor and, I believe, Loki like on a ship with all the, le- the remains of the Asgardian people. Mm-hmm. And um, Meek, who was killed and then came back to life, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so oh, poor me. <laughs> yeah. But um, the ship is then dwarfed by a larger ship called the Sanctuary 2, which in the comic book, Sanctuary 2 is Thanos' home ship. Um, and this one, it's probably also his home ship, but even though it looks differently, designs different. Yeah, they really wanted to make that in credit scene as vague as possible for anybody that doesn't like that didn't know anything about like kind of Thanos or his crew. Cause like the ship very much did have a very unique design, but to be honest, when I saw it, I didn't know who it belonged to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was trying to like, I was trying to really think back to the guardians movies. Like, Oh, have we seen this ship before? The design looks very specific. Like it's part of maybe some sort of culture well, of like an alien race or something. You, and I had to Google it to find out that it was Thanos' ship. You would actually be correct because uh, it looked uh, to me, it looked Chitari. I'm like, Oh look, it's another Chitari ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is. It's based on the Chitauri designs because that was Thanos' army from the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first sanctuary is like an asteroid field where the uh, original, you know, um, I guess the Chitauri lived and Thanos had like his little like floating platform where he... Yeah, his, his first cameo. Yeah, so um, so that was Sanctuary 1. Sanctuary 2 is a big ship, which is, I presume he's going to grab the Infinity Stone that Loki obviously took from the vault. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, how did he get out of there so quickly? Yeah, Thanos must have some sort of like a, a Infinity Stone detector on his ship where he can just like find out wherever they are. Feel like a Dragon Ball radar. Yeah, exactly. The that's the that's the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Once you get all the stones together, you can make a wish to destroy the planet. Exactly. <laughs> some sort of some dragon. Uh, but then also the last thing credits was uh, more Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblooming around the whole time. <laughs> oh my god! Talk it, about this is like the most Jeff Goldblum I've ever seen. Oh man, he was like. I mean, if anything I've learned about the Marvel movies, the Collector and the Grandmaster, batshit crazy people. And they just got, let we, them go all out. They're like, go for it. Be yeah, crazy we got, as you want. we got to see those two get together in, in some way. Yeah, I, I, and Feige said it's going to happen, so I definitely think that we'll see them later. Um, but they both end up with their whole, I guess, um, civilization in ruins because each had their own planet. They were kind of like, oh, now it's <laughs> kind of blown up. Um, I enjoyed the Willy Wonka Ding, they use pure imagination when Thor mm. went in there. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I had a really yeah. good time that. Well, you were you were mentioning briefly at the beginning here about your theater going experience that you haven't gotten into yet. Oh, but yeah. I unfortunately had this uh, young man in front of me in the row that made it a point to tell all of his family every time any sort of Easter egg or anything popped up. And it's just like, kid, you got to sit down and just enjoy the movie. I don't need to hear you piping up every time something clever pops up on the screen. Like, you know, because he's there seeing it with his family that just wants to see a movie. So every time any little thing pops up, like, oh, that's Doctor Strange. It's just like, well, yeah, you can. It's literally, that's not even an Easter egg. That is Doctor Strange is on the screen. You don't need to say. Then the Willy Wonka thing pops up. And then he's leaning to his left, telling his like, dad, oh, this is the Willy Wonka thing. Leaning over to his right, telling his sister, this is the Willy Wonka thing. It's just like, we get it. 
you don't need to prove that you're you're the best movie watcher ever so i did appreciate the willy wonka scene but i was a little unnerved for other well, reasons well, never, <laughs> never mind then um but yeah mine was a different i actually got to go to the theater that has the power reclining seats Ooh, and it was a special f- fan event or whatever so they gave us these collectible coins it's got thor's helmet on one side and um hulk's helmet on the other mm-hmm. uh the, there's big heavy coins free popcorn stuff like that and i went with my cousin and her husband uh, they they got tickets and went with this we didn't have a full theater but i don't they didn't say thor ragnarok it says a fan event dot 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 then you have to click on it to see it says thor ragnarok so oh geez yeah that's not gonna be but helpful. reclining theaters were g- good i they're to me, I can go to the IMAX and feel just as happy. To be honest here, <laughs> um, but I definitely see the desire, like the like. I definitely see the draw with them. So, mm-hmm. so there's that. Um, I, I, I mean, we got there a little early and waited in line. We were like third in line, so we got prim- primo seats, Mike. Primo seats. Primo seats. I was able to recline too in my theater, so that was great as well. Yeah. So you didn't. <laughs> so you didn't sit like lean it forward and then punch the kid in the head for. Movie. Yeah, no. It would have been great, though. Yeah. I, I very much wanted that. <laughs> so, uh, overall, this movie, to me, very funny. Um, g- there are some good action points. The character's there, but at the same time, it's it's kind of forgettable, if I was to be honest. Um, I think it's because of the way comedy works. You know, like, you, you mentioned on the way home, you're like, oh, we couldn't, we butchered the, the Korg lines. You just remember mm-hmm. laughing at them in the, like, the general premise, but not what they were. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you do make a good point because, like, there are very big things that happen in this movie that directly affect the Marvel Universe. Like, Asgard falling to dust, a whole civilization having to get on a spaceship and fly into space. But at the end of the day, like, I totally forget that Asgard burned to the ground because, you know, Asgard really didn't hold as much weight in the MCU, I guess. Uh, just because we were only ever there with Thor, and sometimes mm-hmm. Thor wasn't even there at all. He was on Earth in his second movie, and he kind of was there uh, for like half of it in the first movie. So, yeah, big things happen, and you just kind of forget which. So, I, I guess I'm going to dive into a couple of things that I didn't like about the movie, just to kind of even things out, because overall yeah. I did like the movie, but there, there's some flaws here. So, the humor in this movie did reach levels were, that which were a little uncomfortable, and the last time I felt that was with Iron man 3 so iron man 3 undercut so many dramatic moments in that movie with just like a joke or something something to that effect that i really didn't like and this movie got a little close to that uh there was one scene that made my whole theater laugh with explosion but i thought it just wasn't the right time for the joke was when hulk jumped out of grandmaster's a sex ship uh, onto the onto the Rainbow Road, and we all expecting him to turn into the Hulk and maybe do the superhero landing onto the bridge, but no, he just lands fat, flat on his face and basically dies as a Ruffalo. I thought it was a funny joke. You know, that's a really funny little sketch that maybe could happen at another point in the movie, but it's just like, we're in the third act of this movie. Like, Asgard is falling. Like, people are getting crammed onto this bridge. Like, this whole society, which really flexes in numbers. I feel like sometimes on the bridge, it looks like a couple thousand but then that long shot at the very end it looks like there's like hundreds of thousands on this ship the the population of asgard is very fluid depending on what shot they need Mm -hmm. but like then hulk it just lands flat on his face it just totally diffused any tension that they built which was it's just like it's like it's it's a hilarious joke i really appreciate it i thought it was funny but then like I, i wanted the tension there so it was these two things were kind of swirling around each other through the whole movie and sometimes Sometimes it paid off going for the joke, and sometimes it didn't pay off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's a that's a bad example because that's a direct throwback to the Incredible Hulk, where he throws himself out of the helicopter to fight the Abomination, uh-huh. and that's exactly what he did. He's like, oh, I'm gonna it's gonna it's gonna work like it did last time, where he turned in as soon as like right before he hit the ground, and that was a throwback to that moment. Well- well, I, 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 I think it's fair to say that you might be one of the only people that were thinking of the Incredible wow. Hulk movie when that scene happened. I think a lot of people have forgotten about that movie. But th- that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to hate on what happened. I think yeah. that is hilarious. And if that would have happened maybe in the second act or the first act of the movie, I think it would have been great. Uh, but it's just like... I. 
like I, I think it's just like I'm, I'm craving more drama in the MCU right now, and I think we didn't get a whole lot of that this this summer, which is not like a bad thing, you know. These are all different movies, but like we did get like a series of three very funny Marvel movies, and like I like I need somebody to like die, and I need it to mean something. Like we got that with Yondu at the very end of Guardians, and I really appreciated that. So that was a really that was really nice. That was a really heartfelt moment. I really loved the dramatic scene in Spider Man where. Um, uh, where, um, not Kevin Spacey, uh, what's Michael Kevin Keaton. Costner? Michael Keaton, there you go. I got around to one of those white guys. Uh, but when when we find out that he's uh, the, the father of uh, the love interest and that dramatic scene where in the cab, like that was amazing. We talked about that in our in our review for the movie. Like that was really, I was gripping the, the, the armrests of my seat in the theater during that. But in this Thor movie, we don't really get we don't really get any of that, but we do get really awesome scenes. So I'm not really trying to undercut, uh, you know, any of the awesomeness that's in the movie, but like, I just kind of wanted some drama. Like Odin died, like, okay, whatever big deal. He just flies off and into a bunch of like fireflies. Carl Urban's character dies, Scourge, you know, he doesn't get to stick around anymore, you know, he died, whatever, the Warriors 3 died, yeah, what a bit, bit ever, I mean, I, I, it's a good thing that Jane Foster isn't around anymore, because I didn't really like her, but they really wrote her out of the movie very easily, that was just like, oh, I dumped her, you know, she didn't dump me, so it's just, a, a lot of stuff was just kind of like brushed off in this movie to kind of make room for the funny jokes, so they're lucky, they're very lucky that the jokes were very, very good, and very, very funny, if those jokes weren't funny, like, this movie would have bombed in my opinion but luckily Taika Waititi and whoever uh wrote this movie I think I, I got it up here I should give the person the credit they deserve so there's a couple writers on this movie but the one at the top here is Eric Pearson and Craig yeah. Kyle and Christopher Yost Christopher Yost sounds familiar he, y- uh, Yost and Kyle wrote um I think the first Thor Yost wrote the Dark World and I think they're just kind of like plot points um the first one you mentioned is Eric Pearson yeah he's the main writer so, yeah, so he, Eric Pearson and Taika Waititi, they did a very good job writing a very, like, tight script, and they're lucky that the jokes paid off. But I, I think, yeah, like I'm saying, like, you can't really evaluate these Marvel movies so much on their own anymore, in my opinion. I think you kind of have to look at it like the season. this The, the season of 2017 as a whole, like, I think Black Panther is going to be very welcomed into my uh, superhero franchise. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm on the, the different opinion. I, I think Spider-Man fails to me i mean it doesn't fail but like is not as good because of the the tonality shift in that movie it goes from like funny lighthearted, and then dives way like the ending of that is there's no humor nothing fun in that movie at all um it's all seriousness and this one is level across the board um in terms of humor that's why it doesn't offend me as much like because like the humor is there from start to finish it doesn't stop and there's no like you know, there's no like oh, it, it just starts funny and then ends because we have to end serious, kind of like Guardians and Spider Man did. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm I'm taking that. I mean, I I don't think this was a perfect movie at all. There are parts in it where I was just like, okay, yes, some of these jokes are shotgun effect. Um, hopefully it sticks, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them kind of like okay. Uh, there's a lot of you know a lot to be desired in in a few scenes. Like again, I want to see more gladiator battles, not just one gladiator battle. Yeah, like that. Like they they talked about that Hulk Thor fight kind of being the main event, and we didn't really get to see any of the warm up events. So I thought maybe Thor would have to fight a couple like uh, lower level people to get to the Hulk. That that would have kind of been cool, but we didn't really get that. But uh, we didn't we didn't touch on uh, Mark Ruffalo's character too much and how he kind of got into this movie. You know, if you, if you listen to our normal news episodes of Superhero Slate, we talked a couple a uh, couple weeks ago about how originally mm. at the end of Ultron. Hulk was supposed to be last seen flying past Saturn, um, but uh, in the actual movie, we just see him going off into the horizon, I think over like an ocean or something like that. Uh, So in in this movie, we just get some brief security cam footage from inside the Quinjet of it looks like Hulk maybe is entering some sort of portal or maybe he's going from like gravity to zero G. We don't really know how the Quinjet got to space. I think you theorized that, you know, this was an experimental Quinjet made by Stark. So it could have possibly had the ability to get to space. But like, I feel, I felt like somebody was pulling strings there that either got cut from the movie or they just decided not to show us. And they're like, Oh, they won't care. They just want Hulk in space. Let's just get him to space. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, they kind of, the introduction of Scourge 
Well, he had like a redemption story arc, kind of was weird. Uh, all in all, he had the shake weight. Um, yeah, uh, which was just like the part of Odin dying was broken up because it flashed back to Scourge, not sending them back to to Asgard. Um, mm. Because apparently Heimdall was gone. We missed that whole part of why he's gone. Yeah, um, we didn't. The, apparently, what did they say? He was. Um, Doing something against the crown. I think well, we can just assume that Loki yeah. banished him because he was on the he wasn't on his side. Yeah, and well, and then you know we never saw any like you know come up and for Heimdall other than the fact mm-hmm. he was saving people, uh, very Matrix style, like putting them in a cave and like you know hopefully the the people don't find us. Um, but I mean, Scourge was very weird, and like I think he could have been part of that, like opening. Like, he's he stole a bunch of stuff from Earth because yeah. he was opening, so he might have. Maybe stolen the Hulk, and then the Hulk fell out of the Bifrost like uh, Loki and Thor did. Yeah, like maybe. And then why? I guess... Why is Loki arrived there two weeks earlier than Thor? Again, that was very convenient for them to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, the the other part of the movie that I thought this is another thing where like I appreciate that it's there, but I don't really think it's necessary. Was it's cool that you can put Doctor Strange in your movie, but Doctor Strange did not need to be in this movie whatsoever. The only reason he was needed was because once they got to Earth, they didn't know where Odin was. But that's just because Loki lost track of him. But it would have just been very believable that Loki just knew he was in Norway from the very beginning, and then just they took the Bifrost right to Norway. And then we could have just like cut out the New York scene altogether. I don't think we really needed to, but I felt like... Maybe there could have been something more there. Like maybe Doctor Strange could have maybe gave Thor maybe a little piece of advice that he could have used later in the movie or something like that. But it's just like, hey, look, we got Doctor Strange and we can put him in the movie. Look, here he is. No, there was a whole scene of like the member we we talked about this and looked at crazy Odin, like the old man Odin who had like the world is ending signs in New York. Uh There's a bunch of stuff that was at that was taken out. And I think Doctor Strange was probably, hey, I found this old man saying the world is ending and he has magical ability so i had to take care of him kind of thing so they took that out and was just like hey we gotta we still have this whole part of how do we get loki and thor around so i enjoyed that it was actually like footage from the movie that was the end credit scene last time for Mm -hmm. for dr strange rather than like trying to figure out where does this fit in like why does it not line up it was actually a foot footage from thor that they put in there Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, great. This is the scene where he drinks the beer and it's funny. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That that one doesn't bother me as much. But there are parts, like, I was like, okay, we're doing Planet Hulk. Let's see a little more Planet Hulk rather than that. I, the Grandmaster kind of got off easy again. Like, I don't know what his deal is. But, yeah, I'll, it's not perfect. But all in all, I, I mean, I'm going to go see it again. I, I'm going to go see it in IMAX. I got to do it. And I'm really excited to go see it again. Like, I'm not afraid to watch this movie a second time in theaters um, <laughs> yeah you don't need to be afraid to watch yeah, the movie that's for sure <laughs> yeah like some movies i'm like uh i don't really want to go again um i never saw spider-man twice to be honest in theaters as much as i wanted to so um thor definitely gonna go see it twice is this is, is this a mike royer twice in theaters or are you one in and done until um, the release because that's that's a big indicator on the well, I mean, scale. I, I think the I think the theater goingness of this movie is not necessarily the spectacle. It's more of just like enjoying the jokes with a crowd. So I think as long as you got that once, you can just have as much fun at home. So I don't know if I necessarily need to see this in theaters again, but I, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious what's what's going to happen after that. You know, those end credit scenes. You know, uh, in every this happens in every Marvel movie, whether it's good or bad or whether I like it. Uh, once you kind of start to get like halfway through the third act and you know the ending's coming, you know the credits are coming soon. It's like, ooh, what's the end credit scene? I don't even care how this movie ends anymore. What's the end credit scene? So you know, if we know that we that the Guardians pick up like a like a battle damaged Thor floating in space, uh, something's gonna go wrong like that. Like, uh, is all of Asgard going to get destroyed by Thanos, or is he going to hold Asgard hostage? Are they go- like I'm trying to figure out if if the Asgardians are going to Earth, like are they just going to like settle in that really big open field in Norway? Like Norway's just like, hey, we got a bunch of open room that's like freezing cold. Do you just want to live here for eternity? Like. But that is kind of cool to imagine. Like, I like to think of Earth of having, like, these, like, oh, it has, like, um, Wakanda, this really crazy, like, secret city that's, like, super high-tech. Oh, and also up here in Norway, we have, like, basically these, like, gods living on the planet. You know, maybe they, maybe, like, well, they'll construct in their Asgardian city on Earth. And that'll that'll raise the stakes more for Thor. 
I mean, for sure, he was protecting Earth because he was kind of the guardian of it, but now he really needs to protect it because that's where all of his people live. So I do like that kind of ups the stakes for him. So that might play interesting in Infinity War. Well, I mean, it's this is, I mean, Thor's people came to the uh, live Asgard was essentially moved to floating above Oklahoma in the comic books ten years ago or so uh, mm-hmm. for a while. So. Uh, the comic books have destroyed Asgard, moved the people to Earth, and so on and so forth. So um, there's definitely a lot of ways they can do that and, and do it well. Um, so that's there. I mean, to me, I we saw the we saw the footage of the trailer from San Diego, and he did not have one eye in that trailer. Um, but they did confirm that Thor will only have one eye going forward in the next movies. <laughs> so that. That's how we're gonna be. That's how we're gonna keep track of all this maybe supposed time travel. Like, how many eyes does Thor have? That's how we know if we're in the present or the past. There's a lot going on, yeah, to keep track of. But I'm excited for it. I mean, this does. The I think a lot of things. A lot of people wanted, um, they uh, not Thanos Heimdall to be the the Soul Stone, person the person with the Soul Stone. Oh, really? That's the first time I heard that theory. Oh, everyone said it. I'm like, no, that's that's dumb. Just because he's orange <laughs> eyes doesn't mean he has the Soul Stone. And no, it's not dumb. I mean, it's, it's a great thing, but, like, not every Infinity Stone has to be on Asgard, which they did say that that gauntlet was fake. How do you feel about them saying the gauntlet was fake in the, the treasury? That was, like, a big, like, fake, fake, fake. And I thought it was. I thought it was kind of funny. Like I, I, I did like when Hella just kind of showed up and just started like you know disrespecting the place. And she's like, "Here, give me this like giant hammer or axe or whatever. I'm just gonna bash through the freaking floor." So that was kind of cool. She, she, I liked how she threw her weight around. She was a really cool bad guy. Yeah, like she knew that the the true history of of Asgard is like, no, this is this is just him mm-hmm. putting up a front for everybody. Yeah. So but before we wrap this thing up, I, I I didn't have a chance to look it up, but the the I think we talked about this in our news show a while back. Uh, the guy who was voice playing Surtur, does he also do the voice for Lex Luthor in like the in the Justice League or Superman animated shows? Because like the whole time I was like Surtur sounds a lot like Lex Luthor. <laughs> um, I believe so. He actually is Clancy Brown, who's known for doing Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, maybe that's where my head was going, but I was like, um, I was like, what is what is this voice that's going on? So here? you're looking for what show was he? What show did you think he was in? Yes, it, it was Lex. I luckily I have the IMDb page up and ready. I did a Control F for Lex on uh, Clancy's IMDb, and he yeah. was Lex Luthor. So I mean, he's he's no stranger to voice acting. Uh, Family Guy looks like Iron Man and Captain America, Heroes United, which was a cartoon movie. He played Black Bolt in Hulk and the Agents of Smash, which is funny because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't really talk a lot. Yeah, I mean, we do see his face in movies sometimes, but yeah. I did think it was kind of cool that, like, instead of just getting some famous person to be Surtur, which would have been very easy because you could have put their name on the poster, like, they actually did cast a voice actor. Mm-hmm. And that was actually, I think that actually affected the scene a lot because, like, I was like, wow, Surtur has, like, a presence because it's actually somebody that understands voice acting. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to see. He was in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. He played Odin in Earth's Mightiest Heroes as well, oh. ironically. so He, he gets around. <laughs> he, he does get to play all the fun parts, uh, it looks like. If you just go through his IMDb page, man, this is huge. Like, <laughs> like even the spectac- using a spectacular Spider-Man, most people's favorite cartoon Spider-Man show. So, I mean, yeah, so that's good. Oh, and speaking of voice actors, before we wrap this up as well, my last bit is um, this is the first movie where – the Hulk was voiced by Mark Ruffalo uh, and not Lou Ferrigno, who's done the voice, the Hulk's voice in all the other previous movies. Yeah, I was going to say, because this is the first time we've really ever seen Hulk like articulate sentences as much as he could. And I was like, yeah, this does sound a little different. It took a little it took a little bit to get used to, to be honest. Like the first like couple lines, I was just like, what is what is going on here? This is very bizarre seeing him being so um, vocal. But, you know, after after a couple scenes, you know, yeah, I was OK with it. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that was a good. This is a fun movie. There's a lot. It's it's very forgettable. Like we said, like some parts, like it's not very like. Oh, I didn't forget the whole movie, but I'm like, man, I, I need to go back and rewatch a lot of this yeah. because I you, was you, laughing too much. Yeah. yeah, you remember laughing, but you don't re- actually remember like the consequences. I know I said one last thing before, but one last thing. <laughs> uh, did you did you catch the Beta Ray Bill on the outside of? Oh yeah, um, yeah we yeah we talked about that in the trailers. There's Beta Ray Bill man thing has a thing out there and a couple other. Yeah. Uh, 
characters. That's why I need to go back. There's all the Easter eggs to go through as well, like background characters and stuff like that. So I really want to go back and see what's up. Yeah, w- one of my goals is just to see Beta Ray Bill like actually like modeled at some point in time in this uh, franchise. He doesn't need to be a character in the movie, but I'd love to see like him in the background of a bar and like one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I just got to see that horse face dude just chilling around because he's just the weirdest character design I've, I've ever seen. And I just I got to see him in the flesh. Oh, yeah, or whatever they have. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch it again. I, I probably couldn't wait till home release, to be honest, because it's, it's so fun. It's, you can put this on and watch it in the background and, and, like, you know, pick up your cord lines throughout. You know, that's that's <laughs> what I really enjoy about it. So, um, yeah, so that's our, that's our review. Um, Mike, um, you want to tell people where they can find you at? Yeah, if they if they want to follow me, you can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to follow you, see what you're up to. You've been doing some uh, cool like uh, pop vinyl storage display stuff in your new place. Where can they see that stuff? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Valdan V A L D A N. I do have most of the Thor Ragnarok pop vinyls. I'm missing two, two right now. Uh, one is a unmasked Hella. So without mm-hmm. her big spikies and then a 10-inch Hulk, a uh, Gladiator Hulk, which would... Ooh, got to get that one. Yeah, he's going to be pretty cool. Uh, so I, I can put those up there. You can also head over to Comic UI and read stuff there. Uh, listen to uh, find my other show, Filmside Chats on iTunes. Or head over to the DNN on YouTube and watch some of the videos we do. Um, I think we may try to get some of the statues for this, open them up on that show. Because so, that Hulk... No, the Thor statue, his battle, like, with his armor and stuff would be pretty cool to look at, I think. So. Oh, yeah, that'd be sick. So there's that. Uh, if, you know, this is our review episode, Mike, but this is we don't normally do review episodes every week. Where where can people find the Superhero Slate news show? All right, well, if you want to keep up on all the news every week, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. And you can find us on iTunes there, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get us right in your email inbox every week. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on Instagram. If you're if you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review. That'd be really awesome, really helpful. It helps us pop up in all of those crazy algorithms that none of us ever understand. But apparently reviews is good for that. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week breaking down the news. And like we said, we're here twice a week whenever a movie's dropping, so stay tuned. We're going to be talking about uh, The Punisher here coming up soon. Mm. I believe we're going to be talking about The Runaways. Punisher, Runaways, Justice League. League. Star Star Wars, Wars, of course. Yeah, Star Wars, of course. (laughs) It's a good good winter season, I feel. It's a good winter season for everybody. So, um yeah, yeah, subscribe to us. Make sure you get that right away. And uh, I guess we'll ca- catch you guys next time. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe.